Hello, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks you can only get rear-ended in a car. Hello all, welcome back to The Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane and on this week's show we'll be hanging out the back as we chat all about anal and chatting to Callum McSwiggan about how we can all have fun up the bum with no harm done. <laughs> if you like what you hear then please rate, review or at least subscribe wherever you get your finest of podcasts. And I hope you're ready because I've put out my line and I'm about to go pegging. <laughs> Hello, 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 dearest listener. It's anal week. What fun. Yeah, if it's done right, of course. Now, I know it might not be for everyone. So I dived into the Metro archives to find out more about the most marmite of bedroom antics. So according to a national survey of sex and behaviour, the number one sex act which reliably caused female orgasms was receiving anal sex. Yeah. 91% of women achieved an orgasm through anal sex. <gasps> okay, right. <laughs> Before all the guys start reaching, lunging for the WD-40, let's have a quick look at the figures. Because actually, only 31 of the women surveyed actually took part in anal sex. So yeah, that does skew the data somewhat. But I think it's really interesting that so many of them reached an orgasm, like and fairly reliably too. So why is it so good for the big O? Expert Annalotte Duell, co-founder of Sex Toy Emporium Soft Paris, quite rightly says that anal sex is highly intimate and requires a greater level of trust and communication between two partners. Now, I think that really does help to back up the numbers. Knowing that you've got that level of trust and communication, that always helps to make amazing sex no matter what you're going to do. It's also possible that women who try anal sex are more open to trying different various sexual acts and maybe a bit more confident in bed, which all helps them to achieve an orgasm. So where can you begin your anal journey, brave, brave wanderer? As ever, consent, communication and preparation are key. Never, ever underestimate the power of sex toys and lubricant. So first of all, remember that anything under pressure down there is just not going to be pleasurable. So make sure you're comfortable most of all. Don't do it just because someone else wants you to. Number one rule. And then don't be afraid to take control of the movements yourself in the doggy position. So that way you can decide on the depth and the speed at which anything is going in. You can also try various sex toys just to help you get used to the sensation. Finally, Annalot says if anal sex is painful, you're doing it wrong. Oh, what do you think? <laughs> do you agree? <laughs> I don't think anything needs to be painful. Come on, there is enough lubricant in the world to help everyone out in that sense. So if you want some more advice, then head over to metro.co.uk. But not until I've lubed you up with more advice from this week's guest. 
Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, I'll be honest, I don't get many second dates, but when I do, I make sure they're worth it. And how much more worth it can they be than with blogger, vlogger, best-selling author Callum McSwiggan, who is Love Honey's ambassador for all things anal. Hello, Callum. Hello, I will take that intro. That was wonderful. <laughs> so great to be back. Oh, I'm so happy you are. And to talk about a subject that I know a lot of people have been asking about and is something that is very, I mean, I know I should say dear to my heart, but it's its not, I'll be honest. <laughs> We're going to talk about anal sex. Yay. Yay. I do. I feel like anal sex has become a bit of a talking, talking point. I, I was going to say anal is on everybody's lips. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that sentence. <laughs> well, we can go into that. I mean, that's part of it, isn't it? And, we, and I'm sure we yes. will. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Now, what brings you onto the smut drop to talk about anal sex? What is it? Did you just wake up one morning and just think, do you know what? I've really got to have a natter about bumming. Let's go. I, I, absolutely. I think that is what it is. Like, let's talk about bumming. Let's talk about anal sex. I think there is a still an enormous stigma around anal sex. I think we're seeing such a rise in people becoming interested and wanting to experiment with anal sex, but they're still not talking about it out loud. Um, so Love Honey did an incredible sex survey recently, um, and some amazing statistics came out of that that show, as I think, a surprisingly high number of people are interested in it. But I think if when we're having these conversations with our friends and in public, I, I'm not, it's not matching up. Something there isn't matching up. So I think a lot of people are, are fine to talk about it behind very closed doors. But when it comes to public conversations, people aren't so open about it. And I want that to change. I want more people to be able to talk about anal sex comfortably. I want more people to be having anal sex comfortably. So there's a lot matching up here. <laughs> the more because obviously like the more underground and the less we talk about something the more dangerous it is and there could be you know a lot of dangerous practices going on because we don't feel comfortable talking about it there's the amount of doctors and nurses that you hear about and they're like oh we found something else up someone's bum and these are things that could all be you know quite easily rectified 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's the smut drop callum it's what we do <laughs> I know. I don't know why I'm surprised. Like, <laughs> where do we start? Let's talk about anal toys. Let's do, let's start with that. What it makes a good anal toy? I mean, I think it. I think it entirely depends on preference. But one of the toys that we're seeing a lot more of, uh, big, a, a lot more people using now, is the Wee Vibe, and that's a prostate massager. There's lots of different ones available on the market. But what I think is brilliant about this sex toy is that it's quite small. Like, um, I think there are a lot of toys out there that, that, that frighten people because they see the size of them and they think, okay, that's got to go into this relatively small orifice. Um, and that can, can, can scare people off. But um, the prostate massagers are quite small and they are designed specifically to target the target and stimulate the prostate. They're quite easy to use. As I say, they're not they're not scary. They're not intimidating. I think anybody can pick one up and have a go. Um, and there is a, there's a massive increase in people using toys like this, which I think is 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 wonderful. Um, but I want people to to talk about the fact they're using them as well. 
Are they gendered? Are anal sex toys gendered? Like, does it matter whether it's going near a prostate or? I th- I, I think anybody anybody can can get enjoyment out of anal sex and getting joy out of an anal toy. Um, a prostate massager is designed for people with penises, people with prostates, but that doesn't mean that any person of any gender can't use it and can't get pleasure from it because you know a- anal sex in general. Um, just because some people don't have prostates, that doesn't mean they they can't necessarily enjoy it you know i think there's a lot of erogenous zones going on there and every it's all kind of the same part of the body so we can get sensations we can get pleasure um so yes they are designed for people with prostates yes but that doesn't mean that anybody can't get some enjoyment and fun out of using them now let's go back to the beginning let's start let's start off as a little beginner to anal sex where do you where do you start with anal play in general because it's not just anal sex. There's there's a lot you can do with it. Um, I think my the biggest piece of advice I can give to anybody is to get comfortable. Whether you're doing this alone, I I, I think I always recommend you know um, having a bit. If you're interested, having a bit of play by yourself, I think is probably the best scenario. But if you are interested in experimenting with a partner or partners, that is wonderful as well. But I think get comfortable because there is this. There's this enormous stigma around anal sex and everybody talking about how much it hurts, how uncomfortable it is, how it's going to be the worst experience of your life and losing your anal virginity is going to be this awful, awful thing. And I want to, I want it to go on the record today that that absolutely is not the case. Yes, it can be the case, but it absolutely does not have to be the case. I always talk about the first time I had anal sex. I think I was 16, 17 years old. Um, and I had had so many people say, this is going to be agonizing. This is going to be awful, terrible. Um, and it wasn't. It didn't hurt. It wasn't uncomfortable because we really, really took our time with it. We went really slow. We used lots of lubricant. We meant we made sure that I felt safe and comfortable and relaxed. And it's doing all of those things that will make it an enjoyable process. That doesn't mean I haven't had bad sex. I have. There have been experiences over the years where it's where it's perhaps not been ideal. I have been there. So I understand where that idea comes from. But this idea that it has to hurt, that it has to be uncomfortable, it's it's a complete fiction. Um, and if we and I, I think it's, it's a bit of a vicious circle because people think, oh, no, this is going to hurt. This is going to be uncomfortable. So then they they're not relaxed and they tense up and that just makes it worse. If anyone is out there listening and thinking, you know, I, w- I want to try anal play, I want to try anal sex for the first time, but but I'm afraid of it. Just to, to get get that idea out of your head. Just you know, relax. Enjoy. It's it's for enjoyment. That's why you're there to do it in the first place. Yeah, and you know, using using a toy like a WeVibe, a prostate massager, is a great way to get started. If you find it perhaps intimidating to go straight into having anal sex with a partner, etc., and just get used to that part of your body, that area of your body. It is often neglected, isn't it? It doesn't get much love. I, I do think so. It, it doesn't get much love. And I think I think it could do with a little bit more love. <laughs> Let's talk about lubricant. Is there any specific kind of lubricant that's, that's better? Like, especially if you're using toys or with reusing condoms or if you are just using your finger, is there any kind of like guide to lubes? Yeah, I, th- I, I, I think I always advise going for a, a water-based lube. Um, but it's, it's, it's all about what's compatible with your toy as well. So silicone lubes can be better water-based lubes can be better um never oil-based i just as a general rule just never use oil-based lubricants put away the vaseline put away anything like that it's not going to help the situation you know i, I but i think in, in general a, a, a water-based i think is is usually what's best 
I, it's 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 not perhaps the top of people's priorities list, but if you're using the wrong lubricants, it it, it can damage your toys as well as um, interfering with your body. Um, so yeah, always make sure you're using the right lube and plenty of it. Use lots of lube. That's the best thing I can say to anyone. Use it, it, it's not something that we need to be sparing with. <laughs> Yeah. Be generous with the with your lube quantities, I think. It's it's not been a, a victim of the war just yet. So let's make sure we've got yes, the lube. Yeah. This all sounds very much more like a marathon, not a race, Callum. This is all like, you know, yeah. start off slow, make sure you hydrate. You don't need, there's no winner's circle. Exactly, exactly. It's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the destination, though, is there a destination? Is there a mythic thing? Can you have an anal orgasm, an, a- an-, an analogism? I can't remember what they... Absolutely. Yeah, of, of course you can have um, an anal orgasm. And again, I think, it, I think it is one of these things that for some reason it is seen as a bit of a unicorn, yes. as a bit of a fictional thing. But yes, absolutely. It is a thing that can happen. It's a, it's a thing I've experienced, um, enjoyed. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can, you can experience an anal orgasm. But that, again, it doesn't have to be all about that. It doesn't have to be about just getting to that point. It's about, you know, enjoying the experience. I, I think th- that's something to be said for sex in general. I think there's so much focus on the on the end point, on the orgasm. And I think there's, uh, you know, th- those final few seconds, great. But, you know, it's, it's, it's about what happens before that. That's what creates the memorable experiences. Yeah, absolutely. It, because, I, I mean, that's why it is it's sort of seen as a bit of a mythical unicorn, because it's not necessarily something that you have to have, I think. It's not like we're all being... Yeah you know, struggling away to try and, and find one. But I do have a couple of listener questions. Is it all right if I just pose you a few more? Yeah, I promise absolutely. that's the strangest one. I'm, I'm yeah, sure. I promise. Um, what are your biggest tips for trying anal on yourself? Ah, so someone's already trying, thinking of it. I think I think I've covered it already, but I'll, but I'll say it again because it bears repeating lubricant so much lubricant never you know all the lubricant in the world is your friend it's going to help it's going to make it a much more enjoyable experience for you are there any best positions for anal sex Ooh, well i mean i think that's all about personal preference isn't it mm. um I, I i i don't think i could off the top of my head say that this position is going to make it more comfortable that this position is going to make it more enjoyable i'm sure there are potentially some guides out there who who may say otherwise may recommend a certain position but for me i think just whatever position you're most in- uncomfortable uh, most comfortable in sorry because some people are like oh you have to use um I've seen all sorts of things. You see, like uh, like anal pillows, like, oh, you've got to wear, put a pillow underneath you. It's like, oh, babes, people have been having anal sex since before pillows were invented. Uh, yeah, don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You don't need you don't need a special anal sex pillow. I don't I don't think you put it on your Amazon wish list if you want. But I, <laughs> I don't think you specifically need an anal sex pillow. Um but again, like, don't be afraid to, even if somebody has said to you, a guide or whatever has said, this position is the one, if you're going to have anal sex for the first time, this is the one position that you should try. If you go and, and, and try that position, then that's not working for you, then, then, then change it up. It's all about experimentation and finding what works for you because no, no, bodies, no two bodies are the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and people move in different ways and people feel comfortable in different ways. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and some people have got a badonkadonk that are built for it, and others, sadly, like myself, others, do not, not so much. So much. <laughs> <laughs>
Now, this one, I think I get the gist of this one. Is anal training bollocks or can you really get used to it? So it's, I think it's like, is it is it something that you can get used to after you've done it in as many times? But I think like going back to what you were saying of if you're prepared for it the first time, then it doesn't have to hurt. But do you think it's something you can, you know, in quote mark train for? I do, but it's not for perhaps the reasons that you think. Um, So one thing that I always recommend to people is that there are like anal training kits out there available and they sort of start with with very, very small butt plugs and they sort of build up to something a bit bigger. um, So you can get used to that process and get more comfortable with that process. I know Love Honey have a really great one, which is like, I think it's like £14.99 or something. Don't quote me on that, but it's really affordable. um, And that is something that I recommend to people. But I think people are thinking what they're doing is stretching out their anus essentially Mm. and that's not my take on it that's not my view on it it's it's more about the psychological it's more about getting used to it it's about getting used to the sensations and allowing yourself to relax into it allowing yourself to enjoy the experience so starting off with something small and getting bigger and bigger it's not about stretching you open which is I think the idea that people have and again I think some people have some fears about like like being stretched open and that's that's not what we're doing here it's it's just about getting used to the the process getting used to the experience getting used to how it feels and becoming more comfortable with it that that's that to me is what anal training is it's not about physically changing your anatomy or anything like that it's just it's just about the it's all about the psychological Do you think that there's a big proportion of the reason why it can feel like such a taboo is because how it's portrayed in porn? Like I know that in heteronormative straight porn, it's very much like a a domineering thing. And it it does have that sort of element of like, oh, I've stretched her her arsehole. And it's just like, ah, you know, you don't really need that. Whereas rather than just like, oh, well, this is, you know, we're just approaching this as we normally do in normal sex. Yeah, I think I, I, I think porn is wonderful, you know, um, and I think there's so much ethical porn out there, which is great. Yeah. Um, however, at the same time, I think some like a, a certain subset of porn does have a lot to answer for with these sorts of things. Because, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. I think there is there can be at least um, an element of seen as this degrading act. And it's like, oh, going to have anal sex now. And it's it's seen as this Seeing your partner as submissive, but not in a consensual way. There's a huge stigma in the gay community about bottoms, receptive partners being somehow inferior. The receptive partner who is seen as the lesser, who is seen as the one who is being used for sex. And I, and I, I can't pin all this blame on, on, on porn, of course. Um, I think there are deeper rooted issues in society. But I do think that's where it, where it stems from, unfortunately. And we need to change that because, you know, anal sex is just another type of sex. There's nothing degrading about it. Unless you want that side of it. You know, if, you, if, if you're into BDSM and you want to be degraded, I think that's a completely different thing. And that's great. And we, we, we can talk about that for hours and celebrate yeah. that. <laughs> You know, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. It can be just, you know, two consenting adults having a great time and, and, and having a different kind of sex. It, do, it doesn't need to be that. Yeah. I always love it when my girlfriends chat about it because it's not so... Because I'm I'm very single. And also, for me to try that kind of thing, it's it, it, it yeah. becomes a whole saga. So... <laughs> I I always like it when I, I'm I'm talking to them and they're talking about it. And it's, you know, it's so nice to have that kind of taboo chat lifted to the point where I forget sometimes that it is a taboo. But, you know, and I'm like, yeah. 
girls, come on. I'm, I'm trying to eat my starter here, please. But, <laughs> but I think within that, though, they're quite happy to talk about having anal sex, but then they're not t- happy talking about rimming. And, mm, you know, yeah. for me, I'm like, I'm way more comfortable with rimming. I'm like, guys, you can come at me, bruv, all day long. Uh, yeah, do you think yeah. that's part of it? Or is there is there something where people feel that that's dangerous in some way? Or they can, you know, because it's it's your mouth to your bum, isn't it? So Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I don't want to get into the, like, health sides and, and, and talking about Shigella and all things like that. But, yes, there can be some um, associated dangers i wouldn't say we're not talking major threats or anything that we're not talking anything life threatening but yes there there technically can be some issues with things like shigella let's not get into that if you're interested in shigella i'm sure you can you can google it and look it up (laughs) i think i might have to i'm gonna have to write (laughs) (laughs) i think in general it's it's a fairly safe activity to engage in and it's is people have no issue with oral sex well well some people might but in general I think we're we've reached a point in society now where we're all comfortable with talking about oral sex and it's a very normal thing that we all most of us I can't speak for everyone engages in but when it comes to rimming then people are a little bit more skittish and um oh this 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 seems dirty and this seems wrong and it's like well if you're happy to you know put your face into a vulva or a penis I don't think it really makes that much different to be to be doing it with an ass you know it's all the same sort of of levels of risk etc which are you know they tend to be very low there's not a huge risk associated with these things so you know like dive in face first like there's there's nothing to be ashamed about there's nothing to uh to worry about i think yeah just 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 tuck in i think that should be that should be the t-shirt of the rimming movement dive in face first that's <laughs> absolutely something that i'm going to put on my fet life profile definitely <laughs> <laughs> but just on that sort of touching on that what about is douching or should we think about enemas like is that is enema over the top how should we start thinking about that kind of cleanliness thing so it's 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 difficult because i think some people out there are very afraid of the idea of there being an accident, in air quotes, an accident. But I think it depends entirely on personal preference. Some people do prefer, whether it's the person who's giving or receiving, may prefer it to be like super clean. And that's when I think douching does come in handy. And I think for, for some people that's great. And some people may do that on, a, on, a, on an occasional basis. Some people may be douching on a regular basis. Again, there can be some very, very, very minor um, health risks associated with douching, especially if you're doing it all the time, just about, you know, your, your, your overall health. But one thing I do want to make clear is that, like, people shouldn't feel like they have to douche. And I do think it's, it is becoming a thing where people think, oh, no, I have to be squeaky clean at all times. I mean, being very open and honest, honest with you here, um, when I used to have anal sex with my partner, I never used to douche. And there was never an issue. There was never an, an accident, again, in air quotes. And we were quite comfortable having sex and having really enjoyable, great sex. And there was never a need for a douche. But, you know, for other people, and I do think sometimes people can be so worried about there being an accident that they find it difficult to relax into it, which again, like we were speaking about earlier, can then lead to discomfort and potential pain and things like this. So, you know, if it gives you a clear head and it enables you to relax and open up, then sure, give douching a try. But I don't think anyone should ever feel like it's something 
they have to do. And I, 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 I think we're actually going down a route where it's, it, it's becoming the norm. And I think it's great that it's normalised, but I don't think it should be considered the norm. Like we have to douche before sex because I, I, I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, again, it's something we've all been doing since douching was even a thing. Since before we had showers, so... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, so... <laughs> since before we had lubricant, which makes it even worse, that's... that's... Oh, I don't want to think about sex before lubricant, no, <laughs> that was... Um... But we were managing. Yes. Um, lube is important. Anal pillows, I'm not so sure about, and uh, and douching, I could take them or leave them, but but lube, I'm I'm glad we have lube now. There's a definite pyramid of of needs there, isn't there? The holy trifecta of anal sex. Don't know how the anal pillow got in there, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like the holy ghost bit, isn't it? We don't we we're not too sure about that one. Don't give a shit about that one. That one doesn't matter. No. no. <laughs> um, now I feel like what I have done here though is just jump in with all my anal sex questions. Callum, mm. what are you up to? Where are you at the moment? How are things going? Let's talk about you. Sure, let's. I love talking about me. <laughs> let's talk about me. I am currently writing, writing, writing. Um, I'm currently writing my third book. The second one isn't even out yet. So this is where I'm at, is um, writing around the clock to put out wonderful LGBT books, um, which has always been my dream. And I love it. And I always, even though I'm technically, I'm, I'm in a really interesting position now because my second and third books are technically children's books. Because they're young adult fiction, um, they technically fall under the bracket of children's. Um, but I'm still, because, you know, we're talking about 17, 18 year olds. So I, I'm still talking about sex, LGBT inclusive sex, things like this within my books, which is a really interesting place to be as a, a technically a children's author. But I still get to... Um, Talk about sex yeah. and, and sex positivity and sex education. A little bit, you know, not not too much, just a little bit. But what I think that's great about authors talking to to people who are like 16, 17, you know, in that age bracket, is that nowadays authors like you are talking about consent. It's not like your Judy mm. Blooms where, you know, it was just like, oh, and all these authors where she walked down the aisle with her nipples out looking nipply with you know it's it's more talking about that well this is sex and this is consent and the two things work in tandem with each other uh, yeah and I, I I think we're actually in a really interesting place now where some younger people gen z gen what's the one after gen z is it gen alpha the oh really my young ones. god I didn't um, know I know it's gone too far <laughs> Slow, slow it all down. Um, what I think is really interesting is these younger generations, I think, are now starting to be the ones that are educating. I mean, I mean, us uh, educating yeah. millennials and, 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 and older. And I think, you know, you're getting 16, 17 year olds who are more educated around sex and consent and all of these things than perhaps their parents ever were and or, or certainly even even are now. Um and I think that's a really interesting place to be in. So I, I, you know, again, writing for 17, 18 year olds, I have to constantly, you know, check these things myself and check that I'm understanding the the level of understanding that these young people have now. I, th I think it's it's wonderful. I just, oh, I know we talk about it all the time, but I think back to my own sex education in school and how diabolical it was. You know, you didn't know your your arm from your elbow. It was it was, yeah. it was pretty bad. Um, but things are, things are getting better. Things are getting better. Now you just have to spend five minutes on TikTok and suddenly you're a sex expert. It's brilliant. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. TikTok is the it's the new thing now. You know, you've got you've got sex educators on there who are 18 years old 
and they're, and they're teaching 40 year olds, 50 year olds, 60 year olds um, about sex. It's incredible. I'm amazed you can get any writing done. If you're if you've got TikTok anywhere near you, I <laughs> I've had to ban it. <laughs> had to put... I have to delete it off my phone. I do. It's uh, you can you get sucked in. I was watching the other day. I was I was supposed to be working and I was watching somebody on TikTok peeling an egg. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> why why am I watching somebody peel an egg? <laughs> <laughs> with tweezers, peeling an egg with tweezers. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I watching this? It sucks you in. It does. You you get sucked in about being taught about how to suck off. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you do. You really do. <laughs> Callum, thank you so much for this lovely lesson in anals. I've I've actually learned something, which is great. I'm so glad. Always a delight. If people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? I am Callum McSwiggan on all my social media profiles, which is probably the best place to, to find out what about what I'm doing, my books, etc. Um, Callum with one L and good luck spelling McSwiggan. I'm sure it's in the in the details somewhere. <laughs> I'll have to find you on TikTok for that one hour a week that you're allowed yeah, on yeah. there. Find you on TikTok. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for joining me. Callum McSwiggan. Yay! Thank you so much. My thanks to Callum McSwiggan there. Do you know what? I love talking about sex, obviously, in all its glory. But sometimes we do get a little bit skittish about anal sex. So it's so nice that he's talking about it openly and honestly and with lived experience and without any kind of, you know, feeling any kind of shame because we we shouldn't have to. It's something that's been done for donkey's years and I really do like the idea that it's something that you can work up to you don't have to just oh please don't please don't think you need to go in there straight away if you excuse the pun um it's something that you can work up to like Callum said lots and lots of lubricant that really is the key and just feeling comfortable I think that just trying it out for yourself and getting comfortable in your own comfortable position is a really important step if you want to know more about it, head over to Callum's Instagram. And of course, there's lots of sex toys out there that you can try. Next week, I want the same again. Well, okay, not about anal, but I want your questions. I want your dilemmas. I'm going to be chatting to Hope Flynn from Feed Me Female, which is the place where you can get all your hottest dilemmas asked and answered. So send yours through. Have you got a quandary about your body? A dating dilemma you need sorted? Or do you just want to know why various bits of you do the weirdest of things? Just let me know. You can slide into my DMs. Just look out for Miranda Kane on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. Smutdrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. If you're enjoying these weekly squirts of jazz juice in your ear holes, then please leave me a nice review. In the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, name it after me. (laughs) 